0: hey guys merry christmas happy new year and welcome to another episode of the fox and burger podcast where we bring you closer to the asian side of the furry fandom as always i'm your co-host fox and i'm burger but for today we're going to do something a little bit different we want to do a sort of 2021 year in review we want to talk about updates in our lives the podcast overall and our plans for the future uh, but before we begin, I want to personally give a shout out to all the guests, the fans, uh, the listeners of the podcast. As of this writing, we have officially 113 subs on YouTube and 74 followers on Twitter. And to me, this is a really big deal. It's a really big accomplishment. So I, I, I can't thank you guys enough. You guys you guys made it happen. So, so without further ado, let's get into the last episode of the year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um... Now, it's late at night, so I can't exactly be too loud right now, but Mm -hmm. just for the audience to imagine this, imagine if there's like 113 people inside of one room sitting down in their seats watching us right now. That's potentially how many fans we have right now. Mm -hmm. I know that YouTube may seem like a very big numbers game, but uh, anything more than one is always good
0: yeah i i really think that you know um when i saw the what was it when i got the email for the uh for the podcast they sent an email saying you reached 100 subs so every sub makes a difference every like baby step is considered a big step in my eyes so again i really appreciate you guys on that
1: let's go ahead and start this podcast with a little discussion of our personal lives so far when we began this podcast i was in transition between jobs, Mm -hmm. and as of now, I have gone through a couple of jobs, couple of freelance slash part-time jobs, and right now, not only am I working part-time, I'm also finally studying Mandarin Mm -hmm. in a
0: more academic setting. And how have your classes been?
1: It's been an interesting uh, gig so far. Essentially, it's four or five foreigners in a small little classroom at the Zhongyuan University in Taoyuan. Mm-hmm. We have some master students basically doing student teaching for us. Uh, we have one for the first hour and then another for the remaining two hours. They have plenty of like activities and lots of immersion, listening examples and and just like any good language teacher they speak the language they want you to be immersed in like 99% of the time right unless someone is just completely lost Mm -hmm. and they just kind of reach in and grab them through the English language it's mostly just four guys including me all from different backgrounds we we all sort of learn from each other I would say because some of us know words and phrases that others don't Some of us are more proficient and have more practice than Mm -hmm. others. Like uh, one of us is a Scottish guy who lived in Japan for almost 12 years, uh, married a Taiwanese woman and moved here. So he already has a good idea of the written language just because Kanji and Hanzu share a similar writing system. I'm not going to say it's one-to-one. Hanzu. (laughs) That's basically it. I'm not sure what I want to do in terms of personal projects because for the most part this year i have been working on my personal youtube channel and this channel as well but i'm starting to back away from my personal channel because i actually have quite a few creative talents that i want to invest into Hmm. outside of video editing and
0: producing like like how so like what like what talents
1: uh, something like creative writing and music, mostly music. I have a larger background in music than I do video and writing. Mm. It's just the trouble is, what is your sound and what do you want to write about? And are you comfortable with your own voice? That's the, the biggest hurdle with not just voiceover, but music and anything that involves your own personal voice. And that's easy enough to do with video because you can edit around your mistakes but with music it's a lot more difficult to edit around your mistakes if it has more like melody to it or it's just it's just a different style that you have to get used to and I'm not used to it yet
0: so you're looking at like okay so if I'm understanding correctly you're kind of looking at maybe getting into the music industry more so than like the video or filmography industry
1: yeah yeah I kind of feel like I'm a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to creative work it's just there's some Mm. things that I want to try out because I have a bit more finesse with it and a bit more understanding with it so it might be worth it to go into those fields but I guess that's it for me tell us about you Michael
0: yeah. So um, I'll talk about uh, school because uh, I, I am a full-time student. I'll talk about th- about that first uh, before going into work or side projects. So for school, um, for people who don't know, I am a master's student here in Taipei, Taiwan. I am studying translation on a scholarship. Uh, I have the, uh, what was it called? The, the, the Taiwan scholarship, the one that pays for um, like 80% of your cost of living. It doesn't pay for everything. It's, it's, it's a finite sum, but, um, it does pay for a lot. And so, um, I'm basically studying here debt free. And, um, of course I do, I do work part-time jobs, uh, but I'll, I'll get into that later. Yeah. I'm, I'm a second year student. I thought I needed, um, three years to graduate. uh, Sorry. I thought I needed two years to graduate, but I think I'm going to be graduating in two and a half years. Um, like I'm, I'm already on my thesis writing stage. I have a thesis advisor, I believe he's uh, of Chinese descent, um, but lived in the Philippines for a long period of time. I think he was probably born there and then later came to Taiwan and became a naturalized ROC citizen. And so um, hmm. his English is actually very, very good by, by virtue of living in the Philippines for a long time. His English is very, very good. So he teaches the um, the Chinese to English courses at, a, at my institution. Um, some of them, not all of them, but teaches some of them. I was in a similar position that Burger was from 2017 to 2019, where I was doing classes at a. Uh, it was actually the same university, but different like department, and that was called Mandarin Training Center (MTC), um, probably one of the better known Mandarin uh, centers in Taiwan at least. And um, I was I was doing language training there for about two years, so I was in a very very similar position to to what Burger is. It's not a degree program; it's just language training that that's just a thing you know abroad like you don't you don't always have to go for a degree right sometimes you're just there for training so that's what that's what that specific department was um and of right. course like there's the associated proficiency test in taiwan is called uh talkful i think it's called test of chinese as a foreign language T-O-C- yeah tocfl hmm. and then in the mainland okay. china it's called hsk right was it what was it called something like that
1: yeah when i was in mainland china i was kind of looking at what the requirements for the HSK-1 was Mm -hmm. uh, while I was as uh, an English teacher over there. You know, I kind of thought about studying, but basically I was in a position where my Mandarin was even weaker. And, well, the difference between the dialects and phrases they use in mainland China are different in Taiwan. Yeah, so that's right. I kind of had to relearn a couple of things when I I moved here as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. And then that's not to mention the fact that, I hate that phrase, but that's not to mention the fact that you, you probably learned a lot of simplified characters, but uh, they're not commonly used in Taiwan. So anyway, like, just like Burger, I, I I did language training, uh, but I did that for two years. My first year was under a scholarship, actually, a different one, but I was under a scholarship. And I loved Taiwan so much that I decided to come back. So that's why I you know applied for my master's and here I am, second year, you know, going strong, um, I don't feel exhausted. I love my classmates. I'm auditing a class with first years actually. Um, I'm a second year, but I'm, I'm I'm auditing class for first years because I wanted extra practice. So I'm not taking it for a grade, but I'm doing all the assignments. I'm taking for extra practice, but I'm also networking. Um, I'm meeting a lot of students who, like one of them is an English teacher. He's actually a third year. And I asked him like, maybe when I graduate, like maybe I could get a job. And he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, like we can keep in ta- contact about that. And I think I want to go ask him more about like part time positions, uh, because uh, my current scholarship is uh, quickly running out. So I, I'm I'll I'll probably uh, be some kind of part time teacher soon, sometime sometime next year I think. Um, but you know, speaking of work, I do have a little bit of overlap with Berger. Um, I'm not a filmographer, but I'm a voice actor. Um, I take orders regularly from a client from Brazil. His name is uh, Bruno. He's in charge of the CU in History YouTube channel. Oh man, I remember he had like 10 subs or 50 subs or whatever, and now he's got like 1 point something million, like 1.1 million, and I've been working with him for like four years. Wow. It's, it's been such an honor to work with him, and he's always come back to me for work, and I, th- I think the funny thing is I never called him once. You know, I have his Discord. I just added him on Discord like a month ago, but I never actually sat down to talk to him, but I would love to do that. So I do voice acting on the side. Link to my channel here. <laughs> I'm gonna flash that on the screen. We'll we'll flash we'll flash that on the screen if we can. Uh, and then uh, I do freelance translation of as well. Um, I'm currently mm-hmm. uh, on a project. I can't say too much, but I'm on I'm on a project, a paid project for translation work, a uh, piece of translation. Um, so I may I'll speak more about that when it actually does come out. I've done other paid work before uh, for for translation. I think I translated a couple tweets one time for, for a friend. Well, that was like uh, English or Chinese. Uh, and then uh, have I done anything else? Um, done some proofreading work on um, on some freelance sites before. And then the the last kind of like work piece that that I do is uh, tutoring English. So I do I do tutor English. Um, I used to have like. Three students at one time. Right now, um, I technically have two. I've got two students. Uh, one of them needs help with writing her thesis, so I'm helping. I'll, I'll be helping her with that. And then the other student, I, I just teach conversational English. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I wear many hats. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think I'm a jack of all trades like Berger, but I do, I do, <laughs> I do, I do wear many hats in that regard. But now, speaking about mm, personal projects and side projects. You know, this is where the thing where I, I actually envy you uh, because I, I don't actually have that much content on my YouTube channel, so I don't really call myself a YouTuber uh, more more than I call myself a podcaster. Uh, I would but, not but like for
1: I would not consider myself a YouTuber either. Like I'm wow. pretty unknown, to be honest. I have started doing furry related YouTube content since 2017, and it has only hmm. gotten me 2.5. K subs not a whole lot of retention or constant views i should say it's it's difficult just because like i had some motion going and and i kind of did what i liked doing regardless of whether it would get me fame or not and it ended up with me kind of wishy-washy about whether i actually want to be more well known or not whether i want to do more networking right. whether i want to do more collaborations and I've done plenty of collaborations with other furry YouTubers. I actually did one when I was in mainland China with Pakari Rue with her mm. online uh social etiquette video for furries or whatever. And she needed someone to talk about like online roleplay, and I was her man,
0: so I don't think I've seen that one, but but yeah, I think that I think that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: hmm I just I just think like I either need to take it to a different direction again or i just need to embrace another creative medium entirely because I'm, I'm kind of like not too excited about doing the whole how furry is it thing anymore
0: mm. and we'll definitely have more time to talk about like future goals and projects uh towards the end of this episode so we can probably hold our thoughts for that mm-hmm. um i was gonna say that so again i do have a youtube channel but i don't really post too much Um, mainly out of busyness, partly because I don't have an actual recording booth. And I've I've got a uh, very sensitive mic. I've got a very sensitive shotgun mic, the Sennheiser 416. I love it. Um, I would like to try out different mics, but uh, (laughs) I don't think I got that much money to spend on mics. But I just don't have the space that would be conducive to having a good recording environment. So I haven't been uploading real serious voice acting works. And I haven't really been going to places like, uh, what was it, like, Casting Call Club, uh, those kinds of things. Even if they're just like amateur productions or indie productions, you know, any kind of experience is good, I think. But maybe when I move out, that's probably something, you know, that I could do. The other thing I also, I guess, like in terms of the concrete things, you know, like if my YouTube is a place where I haven't uploaded that much stuff. Um, and I can't really talk about that in concrete details. The one thing I can say that I do have concrete details is actually like this, like this mini documentary I'm doing for my, my institution. Um, I know I gave her a quick look at it. Like I think it was, might've been a month ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was just filming with a, with a Sony a seven three, uh, I was using a Sigma twenty four seventy five F F 2.8 and literally just doing handheld shots. Camera shake was on purpose, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you saw the footage, most of that like was a little bit exaggerated, but it wasn't my hand shaking unintentionally. It was actually intentional shaking. And, you know, that kind of gave it like the office kind of vibe, I would say. Mm -hmm. But I think like, uh, of course, though, having like a monopod or tripod for actual dedicated like spoo shots. Yeah, that would that would have been nice as well. Um, But I've got like that mini documentary that like I'm almost finished with. Um, I would say I'm about like 99 percent finished. I just need to add in the uh, credits, and I should be done. So that's probably going to be something I do uh, sometime this week, so I can get that in, and then possibly even have it show on like my institution's like Facebook page or something like that. So I'm really excited for that. And then, um, oh, I, I don't, I don't even know if I even mentioned like like the like the content. So so just very briefly, the content of, the, of that documentary was basically like um, to highlight the mock conference that we had. And the mock conference was basically like my fellow classmates taking on different roles, like guest speakers, interpreters, uh, MCs. And so like, I was just, you know, I was the dedicated photographer, but I was also doing some videography. So I was just combining, um, all the random video clips I took together and just throwing into a documentary. That's, that's, that's basically what it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And let's move on to our plans for the podcast, how it's changed over the course of a year first of all what do you think about the uh podcast so far like any general thoughts
0: i'm I'm probably gonna cheat a little bit and give give my general thoughts and also talk about the changes so general thoughts about the podcast um you know i'm very happy honestly like like i think we've come such a long way uh from the very first episode from episode one And I think that comes from multiple reasons. And like I said, you know, there are some changes that we implemented. For example, we tried shortening the podcast episodes to 40 to 45 minutes, uh, based on a lot of feedback. And then we also focused our questions. We kind of really zeroed in our questions. And I know, I, I know like during our sort of like drafting stage, it's something I'm always very picky on, but it always produces a better product to be more focused on, like, what is it that you actually want to say? What is it that you want to know from this episode, but still keep it relevant to what the podcast is trying to say? I always think that's important to always, like, you you always, like, what? Like, harken back to the mission goal. Like, that. what exactly is the goal of the podcast? And the goal is to bridge the East and the West. I think that with limited time in a podcast... And with sort of like, without trying to sound like so boring, you know, like we had to cut things down and we had to really get focused in on like, what is it that we really want to know? So I'm always really picking on like the questions we ask, the nature of the questions. And then I guess the last change that I'll, I'll bring up is we decided to release one episode per month as a way to uh, allow more time for our own personal lives, basically. As I know that was especially true for me being a full-time student. I found it very difficult to release two episodes per month. This is basically a practice of quality over quantity.
1: Yeah, and it would give us a chance to maybe think about other things that we could do with this podcast, and we can talk more about that later. I think I'm quite happy with it as well. I think at first we didn't quite know where we wanted to take it, and that's generally how most of these projects start. It's just Mm -hmm. that with YouTube, you start out with your roughest draft, uh, even if it's polished, you basically start out with your roughest draft as your episode one, and then just chip away at it, and then polish it from there. I'm not too worried about how our first podcast sounds, as just because we've progressed pretty well.
0: And I I really think that it was important to listen to the feedback of the audience and also try to somehow summarize them. Because again, I remember talking to Ray and Kiyoki for about three hours from like midnight to 3 a.m. And we were just talking back and forth like these are our suggestions for the podcast and here are the reasons why. And of course, you can't always take every single suggestion. But I think, again, like responding to your audience in a way that actually resonates with them is one way to be successful. So you actually kind of do and give what the audience, what they actually want, instead of producing something that they don't want or something that is a little bit unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know, I know that advice can be very controversial, but I think, I think it worked very well here, especially like the point about length that I mentioned, like shortening the podcast to 40, 45 minutes. I think that was a very, very big factor in like even for me, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to spend a whole hour listening to this podcast if, if it doesn't get to the point.
1: As an editor, it's definitely gotten me to realize that I don't want to listen to too much audio in one take. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I remember our second episode with Kofu was going to be like an hour and 30 minutes. At some mm-hmm. point, we decided to, to throw in some common sense in there. Like, hey, hey, this is too long. I don't want to do this. But also, I think the reason we initially weren't sure about the length is because me personally, I'm used to podcasts that go on for more than two hours. Yeah. Uh, Mainly because it's all just banter between internet co-hosts and pals that know each other well enough that they can keep a conversation going for that long.
0: It's like a direction, right? Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a direction that you can if for anyone who wants to start a podcast, like I, I'm not gonna say what's right or wrong here. I, I don't I don't think I'm in any power, any position to say that. So for those podcasts that want to go over an hour long or two hours long, I definitely think that's a direction that they can go in. But I think when you just start out, when you don't even have that much of an audience, it might be it might be more conservative yet safer to stay within the one hour mark. And maybe even do 20 to 30 minutes when you, mm-hmm. when you first start a podcast. I, I yeah. don't know, Do you have any thoughts about that? Or
1: Well, that reminds me of one YouTuber by the name of Scott The Woz, whose videos basically started out less than 10 minutes in length. And mm-hmm. then as he got more of an audience and more of a vision, better with his editing and his script writing and his comedy, he's now he has a video that is an hour long, almost an hour long.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but that's compared to his other videos, which are within the range of like 15 to 20 minutes.
0: I really, I really do think like people have shorter attention spans nowadays and like making shorter videos is a way to kind of like respond to that change. And then when you build that sort of following, it's probably, you know, it's probably okay to make something a bit longer. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not to say, you know, you can watch a Marvel movie and it's like, what, it's like two hours uh, long. Mm-hmm. You can watch movies, uh, it doesn't have to be Marvel, but you can watch any movie and it's two hours long. This is this is not to say that people can't sit and watch a movie or some kind of content that's long. It's just when you don't have such a strong following at first, it's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow, I guess. If you're yeah. asking your audience to sit for an hour plus exactly. for something that they don't know, they like they don't know the content. They don't know what you're going to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So let's let's keep talking about the podcast, but let's go ahead and talk about like what's something that like stuck out to you the most in terms of like, you know, what is your favorite moment, favorite episode, something like that. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to see uh, what your response is. because I don't think I've ever asked you that question, at least not lately.
1: Well, the one thing that I've always thought is like how many people you personally know and how you've networked with so many people from around the world. really i was not expecting the answer (laughs) i I feel flattered (laughs) i mean just a general glance at your personal discord server and all the friends you've introduced me to you've you show me people from europe from southeast asia east asia well one of them is taiwanese half paraguayan if i'm getting that right
0: i oh if you're talking about juno shout out to juno by the way uh you're talking about juno i believe he's full taiwanese full-blooded taiwanese but he grew up in paraguay
1: oh okay yeah, but you know, people like that. I've done that a little bit uh, with the mainland Chinese furries, mm-hmm. but that's only been a couple of people. That was again when my Mandarin was a lot weaker, and I wasn't in a big hurry to study the language that I'm like I'm doing right now.
0: And I just want to kind of just real quick about that and say like, you know, I think that's really like awesome that you're finally starting to learn the language. I just I just really had to make that comment because like not a lot of people will go out to really learn a new language or even go to a foreign country. So I think you're doing an awesome thing and, and I, you definitely deserve a pat on the back. I, I just I just had to cut in to say that.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's just I'm doing this just so I can have better job opportunities if I'm being honest. Uh, If you don't Mm -hmm. speak the main native language of a country, then your opportunities for employment are very limited. Uh, It's either Mm going to be physical labor or teaching your native language to the people of that uh, country. It's either I stay here in Taiwan and be an English teacher or I'm just going to not be here in Taiwan. Mm
0: hmm so going back to the point that you mentioned about like networking and everything. Yeah. That's always, I I won't stay on this topic for long, but that's always something that I feel like I didn't really start doing until 2017, but I always make an effort uh, to do that. You know, like if people are interested in you and if you're interested in that person, then, you know, you can try being friends and try and let things, you know, flow naturally. Uh, There are people who aren't going to be receptive to you, but you don't have to waste your time. You don't need to waste your time with those people and, you know, I'm, I'm 27, you know, it was, it was it was my birthday, what, like, like, uh, last month, like a few weeks ago. And I'm, so I'm 27 now and happy birthday to me, I guess. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but uh yeah, like, I, I, I just think that like, time is limited, and time should be spent with like good company. So that, that's what I'll say about that. So for me to answer the question, like, what's something that stuck out in our podcast? Um, I guess I'll probably have a, l- a little bit more of a uh, uh, traditional answer. Uh, the cheers episode, the, mm-hmm. the 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 Cheers and Claude episode stuck out to me because I loved their enthusiasm for establishing Pawai. I love how descriptive they were in describing their feelings and their emotions of just finally get, getting a FurCon for Indonesia. And I think like that was probably a victory overall for them, for, for all Indonesian furs, you know, to finally have a FurCon established in their country and what was it like the first powai was in 2018 so this is very very recent mm-hmm. um and i feel so bad cuz i had a chance to go there but it was mainly a financial thing i i just didn't really have the finances at the time to go to powai um i think it was like in the summer of that year of 2018 but you know shout out to those guys Cla- uh, claude and chiros i would say like that was like like them describing powai and especially what was it it was them saying powai powai we could mm-hmm. probably show we probably showed this before but it, I think it's in Shiros's video at the very end of like the, I think it was a twenty eighteen video when that mm-hmm. happened. And, you know, you have like these guys in the in the hotel room or in the venue the venue, I think, and they're saying you know, they're chanting po I, po this is probably it's like probably at the end of the con. They're they're probably their closing ceremonies and I was very moved by that mm-hmm. scene.
1: Yeah. And to me, honestly, I can't wait for other countries around this side of the world to have that. I can't wait for Uh, I know there are furries in Vietnam. I can't wait for them to have that Pauai moment. I can't wait for Mm -hmm. uh, the South Korean furries to finally have their full hotel and convention kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and have their Pauai moment.
0: I mean, they kind of already have it like in the sense that they, they do have a con at least. They just don't have the con plus hotel. Yeah.
1: In the Philippines, they've never had a hotel plus con. They've just had the convention center. And then, mm-hmm. if you had a hotel nearby, great. Otherwise, uh, you had to commute.
0: Mm-hmm. There were a lot of um, apartments nearby. Like I was actually one of those people who stayed at a Airbnb. Actually, so I don't. I don't think the community thing was such a big deal because um, again, there's just probably a lot of spaces. But probably the bigger deal is finances because you know the Philippines is not a very rich country. Right. What w- what episode would you say is your favorite?
1: um honestly my favorite would have been the one with titania
0: oh my god no way that i wrote that down <laughs> i wrote that down. you you predicted it Shit. i wrote i wrote no, no i wrote that down. that's my theory as well really i wrote, i wrote the, oh my lord shout out to her man mm-hmm. she's got a daiki now apparently
1: wow a, a daiki
0: mm-hmm. oh sorry i said makura.
1: oh okay yeah well <laughs> wish i could afford it yeah (laughs) well it was going to be either her or alder and Kiyoshi. i think we had a lot of fun with alder and Kiyoshi, but the fact that i went out of my way to talk to titania and bring her onto the podcast and that was like one of our most successful most viewed episodes that Mm. kind of makes me feel like like wow this is a official thing you know
0: that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, I mean, whenever, you know, like for the sake of the podcast and, you know, for networking, yeah, you do, sometimes you take the shot and, and and things work out for you. So I'm glad I'm glad you did that. Um, I also want to say my favorite episode is the Titania episode. So like I know I talked about Chiros and, and Claude and in the, the Pawai episode, but like like at, 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 like overall an episode I'd love would be the Titania episode. I never heard of her until you told me about her. And then overall, she's just a really nice person to talk to. And then I also gained with her a couple times on Overwatch, and she saved our asses. Um, and then uh, I've also never been to Furry Joa. Um, that's apparently the correct pronunciation. Furry Joa, yeah. it's, a, it's a pun in Korean. And um, I've never been to South Korea, for that matter. I had a transfer there, but I don't count those as actual, like, I don't ever I don't ever tell people I've ever been to the country if I transferred there. So, like, I was always curious about um, South Korean furs. Mm-hmm. So I think that episode really like it really scratched a lot of a lot of itches.
1: Yeah, and I only went there on holiday uh, years ago for like two and a half days. I never interacted mm-hmm. with the furry community there. I did take some photos in fursuit while mm-hmm. I was there in Seoul, but that's about it in terms of that. I also had to transfer flight there, heading into Taiwan uh, but yeah, that's basically my experience with South Korea. So throughout this whole podcast journey, we've been talking to many different people through many different nationalities and backgrounds. What are things that you assumed about a country's fandom beforehand and that ended up being completely different from what you had previously thought? Or, or a more interesting spin, what did you assume correctly?
0: I, I think I've got a short answer for this one. Um, The Thailand episode with Pukon, he said that uh, the Thai furry fandom... Was actually more influenced by the Japanese furry fandom rather than the Western fandom, and uh, I remember asking a question about this, and he corrected me on that. He said, "Like, well, well, actually, the Thai furry fandom uh, was more influenced by the Japanese furry fandom." And I was like, oh, "Okay, like, I never thought about that." And like, like, and you guys can rewatch the episode when I was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know actually." Like, I, I it was a little bit, little bit of a point of contention, and so I want to say we, I want to use like the general we here and say like we kind of assume that comes from the west and and is most strongest from the west but but other countries do have their own fandoms and those fandoms can influence other countries it's not just coming from the u.s it's not just coming from a european country and so i think like that was really what challenged my belief there but i i love that episode and i love that question because that's what we're here for you know we want to know the similarities and differences we want to know more about the fandoms in other countries so I, i i i've that would that would be my answer to that question
1: yeah And as for me, what you said was pretty interesting, but what I didn't know was how many different countries, the general populist reactions to the fandoms, I thought it was going to be more or less similar to how the West deals with it. You know, like kind of friendly. They think they're weird or they think we're trying to like, maybe we're mascots or something. Uh, Plenty of different countries have this view of furries looking like mascot characters companies generally want their mascots to be like all friendly and recognizable for that capitalist gain but also how many Ferraris have had to like bribe security guards to just Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. tell them like have a big discussion with them in order to not get kicked out or barred from a specific place that that was I, i didn't assume that would happen so often but yeah then again i've only had a tourist experience with southeast asia so far
0: i thought that was interesting too i yeah it never really crossed my mind about the whole bribing thing and so, and and that was definitely such a unique answer I, th- I think like what it was like it was present in the uh indonesia episode well i, sh- I should be saying claude and chiros it was because mm-hmm. we did two indonesia episodes um the other one was with daza Mm-hmm. um shout out to Daza <laughs> but um we had that come up in the Claude and Shiro's episode but then we also had that come up in the Alder and episode
1: yeah what do you think is something that you would want to explore in the future with this podcast what are some things that you want to do further
0: yeah I, I'm gonna cheat here again with like a two-part answer uh both relatively short though I guess one would be I would like to interview furs from Mongolia, Nepal, Burma, or, uh, India. Um, I just, I would just, I mean, I've, I've Googled something like Mongolian furry fandom. I've Googled like Nepalese furry fandom, but I just can't get any good results. And, you know, that could be due to a variety of factors, but, you know, one of them is probably that they might just be using their native language to say something, something furry fandom. So, but I don't know that I don't know their language. So I, I couldn't even type that in if I wanted to. So like, mm-hmm. I'm so, 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 so curious to interview someone from these countries. Cause I've never, never in my entire life met like a Mongolian fur, never met like a Nepalese fur, never met an Indian fur. That's, that's something that I, I'm so curious about. Like, I don't know if it's a necessarily a tenable goal, but that's something I want. and then my second part answer again, like. This may seem a little bit far fetched, but I really want to interview someone from I, I the, the name the name of the studios escaped me. But the studio that did B and A and the studio that did B Stars, I would love to interview one of the staff members slash creators or writers and just ask them like questions about furry. Do they know that this exists? You know, what do you think about it? Do you know how much influence you've had on the furry fandom through these uh through these shows or movies? And um, especially on the Asian furry fandom. I'm just so curious to see if any of them are furries. Uh, and I know it's a little bit of a reach, but but that's something I would love to get there, right? Like, I would love to be at a point where I can, I can ask someone uh, from those studios.
1: Yeah, I'll just say in response to that, I will just second the notion of trying to grab someone from a little bit west of East Asia, like in South Asia or so, just because... Yeah. I, funny story, I uh, I almost had a ticket uh, over to Qatar in the Middle East mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on my way back to the U.S. when I was on a little multi-country vacation uh, once I was exiting mainland China. Uh, the only thing that was stopping me was that I got mixed up with getting a visa, a tourist visa, getting into Vietnam. I did not get that settled properly. I was stuck in Malaysia's uh, Kuala Lumpur International Airport for a bit. Mm-hmm. And instead of going to Qatar, I went to uh, the UK, then back to the US as a gotcha. transfer. But yeah, I'm definitely curious where, uh, how far furry has gone around the world just because of how the West and in some parts Japan as well has influenced the rest of the world outside of them uh, i feel like the the us and the uk and japan have had the most cultural outreach yeah yeah to the rest of the world it depends on which countries have the most just how much interaction the rest of the world has with these cultural powerhouses but i would say japan has become less of a technological powerhouse and more of a cultural powerhouse now just because you have more companies in Taiwan, and China, in Korea, and mm-hmm. other places that are picking up with the technological front, less so with the cultural stuff. But, yeah. yeah, because furry has their presence in Japan and the Europe and the U.S. and Canada and all that, I'm just wanting to see. That's I mean, again, that's the goal of this podcast is uh, how is furry in places outside of where it basically originated
0: yeah, exactly. I, I, I think that we're, we're always striving towards that goal and I, I really don't think any other podcast is, is attempting to answer that question. Um, I know there are furry podcasts out there, but I don't know if there are furry podcasts that are trying to answer this question or who have this goal. I also mm-hmm. just kind of thought of something quickly. Um, Sanrio uh, Agresco. I would, love, I would love to interview someone from them. So um, <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to that show. I'm, I'm actually behind. I think I, I think they have a season three now um oh they definitely I saw one have a te- se-
1: they definitely have a season three i'm waiting on season four i believe that's mm-hmm. dropping uh soon like within so Vegas. you're caught up i'm not caught yes
0: up. <laughs> i'm not caught up so we've been talking a lot about um our lives our updates about the podcast but again um Let's talk about where we want to take the podcast and maybe like other future plans that we have. So the big change that I would, I'm very, very happy to announce is that we are now going to change our YouTube channel to Foxenberger Productions. And this ties into um, my next point, which is we really want to do more things beside the podcast. Uh, The podcast is fun. uh, Don't get me wrong on that, but I think that maybe doing vlog videos about us, in taiwan or perhaps international travel when that becomes possible again i think that i think that might be exciting content i've been kind of like slowly taking some videos and uh, a lot of pictures because i'm a photographer but i've been taking some videos of my travels but i but I, i'm really not a vlogger um i don't i don't think i've got the persona but i think like combined together with with either one of us as a cameraman or one of us as the host or whatever i think we, i think we make a pretty good team And so if we ever go to travel like with other furs, um, hopefully they'll be okay with with us filming them. But like I would love for like a fur to take us to a city here in Taiwan or a special place. We do a little bit of vlogging, uh, maybe some fursuit photos and and record that and maybe do a, a, a vlogging style video but with like furry in it. So, um, that's one direction where I would say like, we want to take the production. So we're kind of, we're kind of thinking of ourselves as more as a, as, as a production house rather than just the podcast only. And, and, uh, the podcast will still be there. Podcast will still be there. I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. So, you know, happy, happy for that. Uh, what what about you though? I mean, do you have anything like you would like to do for the podcast or, or for, our, for our productions? Well, we've been doing a little side project called
1: a side of Burger and Fox, I think. I've I don't even have the name memorized. Where we do like a little quiz or trivia thing. When I was growing up I had a fascination with game shows and all that growing up, just because it was just a nice way to waste time, but also it was very engaging. It was something you can actually watch with other people. I really like the aspect of it. It's like you could also play it at home if you wanted to. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've tried doing the whole game show thing at some furry conventions. I've tried doing it at some brony conventions. Doing that for the podcast, I feel like it's a fun little extra thing. So we've done it with a couple of people so far. We still need to edit some of that. And we still need to ask some people to come back and do a little recording of that for this side project as well. But also, I think, if I can mention this, we're going to do some gaming streams as well yep i think at lifc online you i remember you hosted the you helped host the left 4 dead 2 little tournament there
0: yeah uh we had some matches oh it was technically two two matches yeah
1: if we work this out basically we could have some uh some live streams either on youtube or on twitch where we play some games that we have uh, it could be Left 4 Dead 2. It could be Overwatch. Um, I know you play like Back for Blood. I don't have that game, but there are definitely some games that I have that we could try yep. out
0: as well. Um, you took the words right out of my mouth where we're also wanting to do some more of that. I think the VTuber thing is also kind of maybe uh, on the table um, if we can get avatars. But I think like, yeah, game game streams and then maybe playing with the guests playing with the guests or playing with our fans. And then maybe, um, you know, let's just say Jackbox, for example, doesn't have to be first person shooter. If we do Jackbox, we would, you know, I would love to play with the guests or play with the fans. Um, Jackbox isn't really my thing. So I I probably won't do very well, but I think like it's an option, right? Like, you know, like, I, I don't think it's like a hard thing to do. Uh, we might have to keep it, you know, family friendly, depending on, you know, what happens but you know live streaming but live streaming your game i think that's definitely something that like has really exploded uh uh, after you know post covid i mean we're still living in covid but like post 2020 i would say yeah left for dead uh paladins overwatch any game that we have like like the really basic games like those are probably safe bets and you know we will uh listen to the audience like whatever you guys want us to play then we'll probably play it I don't want to play Amnesia, but if people want to watch us play Amnesia, I'll play I'll play Amnesia. I think I have one of the Amnesia games. <laughs> I don't I don't know anything about it, but but yeah, like I've I've got one of those.
1: Yeah, I've I've played some of those horror games before. Uh Amnesia, Five Nights at Freddy's. Um mm-hmm. I've got a couple of those. That might be interesting. Uh now let's go ahead and wrap this up. Before we leave this podcast, let's talk more about some more goals or plans for the future. So uh, I know you are staying because you're a student here, but out, when do you finally graduate, uh, what do you have plans for in terms of your work situation?
0: Again, I am a student here and I, I do wanna repeat that I will probably need an extra semester to graduate. So it looks like I'll be graduating after fall 2022. And um, I do plan on working in and living in Taiwan after I graduate. Uh, for at least three to four years, I don't think I'll live here permanently, and I don't think I'll be a citizen. But I do want to live here for for a good chunk of my. Um, well, I'm in my late twenties, but let's just say like like I would like to ride out my twenties in Taiwan and do my early thirties here as well, and then after those three to four years, I I'll, I'll see where I want to go, um, because like I also am thinking about like studying. Thai so that I can also use that as a, um, as a sort of like a, like a, like a way to get into the Thai translation market. That's one route that I've been thinking of. And I mean, hell I could probably learn Thai here in Taiwan if I found a really, really good tutor, I could probably do that. And then, um, for like other more personal goals, one thing that I'm also very happy to announce I've already told some of my friends, but one thing that like, I want to, I want to get more into next year is parkour. So uh, I mean, hell, even after this podcast, I'm actually gonna do some walking. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just walk uh, around my neighborhood and maybe go to like a park or something like that, and just do, just just do walking. Just get back into the habit of doing some kind of walking, some kind of light light exercise, before moving on to like. The heavier stuff, like actual jogging and sprinting, because I'm really out of shape. But parkour has been something I've always wanted to do ever since I played Mirror's Edge. So I, that sounds like the weave, or sounds like the nerdy answer, but it's so true. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, th- I think you know, I, I was very fascinated with the game, so you know, left a really good impression on me. And uh, just, but going back to my work situation, one thing I forgot to mention was uh, I do want to work as a uh, professional translator here. Um, so that would be like the dream, dream job, I, I, I would suppose. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if, you know, if everything aligns, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for that. If I work hard at it, I'm pretty sure I'll get there. So, you know, we'll see what happens. So what, what, what about you? What about, what, what are your plans for, for the next, I don't know, three, four years
1: in the immediate time being,
0: I'm stuck here
1: because I cannot afford a plane out, uh, back to the U S especially wouldn't know how I would afford a two week quarantine in the U S I wouldn't know how to afford a two-week quarantine coming back into Taiwan or even if I would legally be allowed to come back inside of Taiwan after escaping it. I need to find some work that I would enjoy while I'm here in the time being, but I do want to stay here. I'm not here for cynical reasons. I'm here just because I like going outside of my comfort zone every once in a while, like usually it's part of my personality to be more introverted and to stay in my own little box but eventually when I get the urge to go out of that box I really go out like I just really want Mm -hmm. like going out and exploring at my own pace and if I had all the money in the world I would have traveled the whole world by now if COVID didn't exist well (laughs)
0: You know, props to you because I hear I hear that like the people who hold a passport in America are actually the minority. So I say props to you for wanting to get out of your comfort zone because I think most Americans don't.
1: Yeah, that's basically where I am. I do want to pursue more creative efforts. I want to get out of doing nothing but teaching at cram schools and such. And I can't really go home right now, but I can always have video calls with my family
0: i i definitely miss my family I, I i don't call my family as much as you do i call them every once in a while but i miss my family so much you know as as much as we keep saying we like taiwan we like taiwan i i, I think both of us can admit that we 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 still miss our family i miss, I miss texas for sure
1: oh i definitely do too i miss having actual like cheeseburgers
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely there are a lot there are a lot of things I miss about the states a lot of things I take for granted that you that you only get in the states I feel that mm-hmm. like these are things that we grew up with in the states but of course to kind of put it harshly that's the price you pay uh, yeah. living abroad especially mm-hmm. living in a, in a non-western country I know that travel is definitely not possible right now so not not safe travel at least safe traveling isn't really possible right now. But I really hope we get to a point where we can go back to traveling and, like I said, we do vlogs, we do national vlogs, we we go and see different countries, go meet up with furs, You know, like everyone—not everyone, but like ninety percent of the people who have been on this podcast are people I've met before, and and I would love to see them again. So mm-hmm. so thank you to all the guests. I I really I I miss all of you, I really miss all of you, and then to all our future guests. Yeah, you know, we don't want to reveal too much, but for all, to all our future guests, you know, like I I, I want I wouldn't have seen them as well.
1: Yeah, I do too. I want to meet all the people you've met personally, because I've always seen them on Discord and video calls and all that. And with that, I believe we are at the curtail end of this segment. I'll let you do your social media shoutouts, and then I'll do mine.
0: Yeah, finally, we can can finally show our social media, uh, uh, well, we can say our social media um, shoutouts Though, technically, they've always been written in the video description. But yeah, so you can find me at um, FoxNack uh, on Twitter. Um, that's going to be at F-O-X-N-A-K-H. And uh, only only true, true friends know what that name means. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 will, I will say that. Um, that is my Twitter. You'll see all my links on my link tree because I, I can't memorize all my freaking links anymore. So please go there. Follow me. Uh, if you're interested in voice acting uh, by this guy, if you're interested in just, I don't know, fursuit photos and then some more, uh, uh, I guess, like Taiwan related stuff. Um, I don't actually use Twitter all that much, but I'm trying to use it more and more to engage with people. Uh, Cause I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Facebook a little bit more to be honest with you. But yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's my social media.
1: And I'll just go ahead and plug my Twitter as well. Uh, it's lightning runner, all one, string the first i in lightning is a one just because i'm edgy and internet leet <laughs>
0: and don't forget to follow Foxenberger podcast um geez uh, if you're not following us why aren't you you've listened to like what 15 episodes fo- so far and you haven't followed us so shame on you <laughs> but but merry christmas
1: yeah merry christmas uh or as they say
0: yeah
1: that too it's like two big surprises wrapped up together to bring in the new year so this has been a great experience so far i hope we continue it later on throughout the years so thank you everyone for listening we'll see you in 2022 this has been the fox and burger podcast as part of fox and Burger productions with me burger and i'm fox and we'll see you next year uh, bye-bye bye-bye